0: Welcome to this episode of Athletes Rising. I'm your host, Kelly Gray. In this week's episode, we talk to Chris Aloisi. Chris is a professional soccer player for the LA Galaxy and the Houston Dynamo. He played soccer at Syracuse and grew up in Long Island. Uh, A really good friend of mine, one of my best friends. Um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. We talk a lot about the various transitions that you have in your career as a player from Playing multiple sports to finally deciding on one sport, then going from playing with all of your friends and then getting into, you know, the more competitive levels of things. Um, that transition from high school ball to college ball, that transition from college to professional soccer, and then finally, and what I find very interesting is that transition from your playing career to your post-playing career. I think it's a really insightful. Uh, conversation with Chris. I think you all are really going to enjoy it. Um, As always, be sure to follow us on social media. Be sure to check out our Patreon page. If you want to donate to the cause, Um, you can subscribe and donate anything from a dollar to, I think, $50 a month um, recurring. That always helps us when it comes to putting on more and more episodes. So please enjoy this episode with Chris Aloisi. Today's episode of Athletes Rising is brought to you by Cinch. Cinch is an API-driven sports management platform that simplifies the registration and management process for parents, coaches, directors, and organizations. No more jumping between apps or websites trying to figure out where all of your kids' information is. Cinch puts your entire sporting life in the palm of your hand. Do you or your organization run any kind of camps? Cinch is going to be your answer download the app, register your organization, create your camp program, and publish. It's as simple as that. All done from your tablet. Now any parents can search and register their players directly from their phone. You can manage all of your registrations, communications, finances, and even marketing all from your tablet. That's right, Cinch is a mobile app. So as an organization you can have it with you out on the field as well as at home or in your office. To learn more about Cinch, and all that it has to offer, visit the website at cinchhq.com or download the apps from the App Store and Google Play. All right, hey, everybody. Kelly Gray here, your host. Um, This episode of Athletes Rising, we are joined by Chris Aloisi. Chris, thanks for coming on the show. No, I'm excited to be with you, Kel. So we're just going to jump straight into it. Let's let's hear about how you found the game of soccer. I mean, from uh from Long Island, New York, how did you find soccer in Long Island, New York?
1: Yeah, crazy story actually. Younger when I was younger, um my family's a big baseball family. So, that's all mm-hmm. I knew growing up. Didn't know much about soccer to be honest. Um it was all about, you know, watching baseball games, going to baseball games and probably when I was about um 5 years old or so. Um, a next door neighbor came back after registering, um, registering his, her son for, uh, soccer. And my dad, I was talking to her and said, um, that they did not check for birth certificates at the registration. So, my, <laughs> so my, yeah, crazy. So my dad says, oh, it's not bad soccer. I don't know anything about it, but at least he will be running around baseball. We love it. But at the same time, at an early age, it could be boring. So I don't want to start him in baseball until he's a little bit older, uh, and he can actually like it um so he's not sitting out there picking daisies um <laughs> so uh so he bring he goes down they don't ask for a birth certificate um five years old six year olds and and he threw me in and uh that's how it all started i mean typical first first encounter mom brings me down I'm in like overall shin guards on top of the pants and love it you be. know that that kid so nothing nothing's too. really changed oh no, nothing a little less there, a little <laughs> less there now but that's about it <laughs> it's amazing god
0: i would love to see pictures of that. exactly
1: so otherwise that was it and then and then away it went
0: now um did you did you just kind of have a natural um uh, ability there that you saw at that young age or did your parents see that uh i don't know about now na- i don't know if it was i don't think anything honestly with soccer
1: came was necessarily natural um i think that sure. it kind of came in and and i was i think athletic enough to being running around but in terms of, like with the ball and everything like that i think i struggled you know the first you know season on even at five or six yeah. years old they throw you all different positions and throw them your yep. goal and I remember the situation where I, I'm throwing in goal at like, a, at that age and the first season was tough. You know, um, you're in a new sport. I didn't know anything about it. Um, yep. and you know, I'm in goal and a kid shoots and, and I save it. And the kid comes over and bites me and uh, <laughs> literally on the arm. Now, I'm, now you know, five-year-old kid, he's like, I'm not going back. Uh, but well, he got through that. His
0: and- name is Luis Suarez. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Or Mike Tyson, either one. So uh, (laughs) uh, after that, though, you know, after that season, I think um, I did enjoy it, though. You know, like like I said, it was less structure. Soccer is obviously a great sport in the sense of less structure. Um, Not so much uh, stopping and going, more like continuously playing. And I think as a young kid, that's important. Um, Get all the energy out. So I wanted to go back. Um, And then I would say it took a year or two where I kind of get the hang of it. And, and yeah, I think and at that point then, I think it came a little bit quicker for me than maybe most. Um, yeah. You know, by the time I'm six, seven years old, I'm, um, you know, not at the level these six and seven-year-old kids are at now. But um, for that age and that level, I'm, you know, scoring a decent amount of goals. And, and you know, that when at a young age, when you get success, when success comes, um, mm-hmm. it's easier to like it. Yeah,
0: exactly. It makes it more fun. Correct. Um, did your parents have you playing um, a lot of other sports at the same time?
1: Uh, they, offered, they, they were willing to let me do that. Uh, they had no problem with that. Uh, like I said, our big, our, big was ba- our big family sport was baseball. So I probably played soccer by itself probably for about uh, two years and then slowly got into baseball. Baseball, my dad coached me. And so it was a little bit easier in terms mm-hmm. of him kind of manipulating the schedule um, around sure. other stuff. Um, so I guess that was a benefit, benefit for me to be able to do both. Um, yeah. But other than baseball, I, I would say, you know, you play your typical, like, other sports with your friends out in the front yard, Right. Yeah. but yeah. you're not – I'm not in a structured environment, no, just the two.
0: Gotcha. Um, and um, so at what point did you kind of realize that you had – a, some better ability than others in soccer. Yeah, I,
1: I, I'm i thinking as I'm kind of going back in my head now, I'm thinking probably around
0: that eight or nine age because you
1: start scoring goals. So obviously that's like a thing that everybody looks at. Um, yeah. And then around like 10 years old, it gets to a point where like I'm in a league obviously where I'm with my friends. And yeah. you – the, the more people you're around that you enjoy being around, the easier it is to go down and you're not, you know, worrying about going out to practice because it's more like hanging out and, and you're playing some, something that you're actually having success in. So, it's yeah, fun. But at the same time, um, I would say around that 10 year old, eight, nine year old age. And then at 10 year old age, it got a little it got a little crazy because now you're to a point where you're better. But then do you make that transition to leave your town team or and go play on a team that travels a little bit more? stay because you like that and so what did you decide to do so i ended up going i it was tough uh a a coach of mine uh this i'll never forget him an important part of my life growing up was uh this this gentleman tom burke um he kind of took me under his wing he was a typical parent um but Mm -hmm. he and didn't know much about the game at that time but knew more than most and he said listen he's like you know i completely understand if, if this is a different direction you need to go um And he he was he was helpful in the process of uh, we did some research on Long Island as as, you know, as you get older, every town, the teams get less and less as the ability gets better. Um, There's less options. So in that sense, um, uh, I went over, I left my team in North Babylon, which I'm from, went to go play on a travel team in Deer Park. Um, He he actually ended up going with me to that town because his, his son was actually pretty good as well. So he came with me, uh-huh. which made the transition, I think, a little bit easier. Um, yeah. And then uh, and then th- that's where it continued.
0: Um, so at that point that you joined that team, you said you were maybe uh, 11, 10, 11 years old. Right. Or so. And um, were you still you were still playing baseball at this point as well? Still playing baseball, um,
1: you know, doing the typical things that I think a lot of kids do now is you're changing in the car, you're heating in the car. You go yeah. from one practice to another. Um, you know, uh, that, that's the biggest thing is, is that transition of being able to fit both in and and still enjoying both.
0: Um, so at what point did you stop playing baseball and just focus on soccer? I was, I was honestly, I was lucky. I'm a big proponent
1: in, I think kids should play as many sports as possible. I really am. I think that it allows it allows you to use different, um, athletic movements and athletic ability in each sport. And, yep. and you kind of take those and kind of make you a better athlete in general. So I was fortunate. I honestly, I stopped playing baseball in high school. Um, okay. I went all the way up to high school. Uh, and I think honestly, the only reason I remember back to stopping was I had to have surgery twice on my elbow. Um, otherwise, huh. I mean, I probably would have obviously stop at Tail end, but I probably stopped my sophomore year in high school. I played the sophomore, yeah. my sophomore year, and then after that, it was, it was kind of, um, you know, well between the between the injury and then between obviously soccer becoming more uh, important, that uh, the decision was made that I kind of just concentrate on with uh, with soccer.
0: So, like, let's let's go back to that time of joining this new team. Um, what was that like for you as a as a young player coming into? a team where you maybe didn't really know anybody, maybe knew one or two people um, and coming from a team that you had, it was like all your buddies.
1: Yeah, It's it's, I think at that age, it's tough, but I would say it's probably tough for a short period of time because I think that the more um, like for right now, I almost feel like that would be tougher as an adult than necessarily as like a, a young child, because as a young player you go in and the first maybe practice or two it's tough, but then all of a sudden, when the ball gets rolled out, you're kind of just doing what you normally do, having fun, and, and you easily make friends and and adjust um, almost seamlessly. Um, yeah, I felt like that was pretty much the case with me, um, and I'm more of a reserve guy, the like kid. I was, I'm still a reserve guy, but I still back then more of a reserve kid. Um, you know, real shy, real quiet. But I think that's part of the reason why I want my son to play sports and at any level or any sport yeah. is I think it's a it adds to, to being easy social um, change. You can change with it. You can move with, with the way the sport is and, and you can use the sport as a crutch to make friends and to yeah. uh, socially interact much easier.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that like these days, kids have that, that constant pressure of uh, leaving their friends to go play on a team like that. And, you know, I'm not sure that there's a right answer uh, either way there. It's like, you know, in my, my case was I decided to just stay and play on the team with my friends. We just right. happened to be a really good team. Um, but I had plenty of friends that did the the exact opposite. And they left and went and played for other teams that were better at that time. Now, like these days, I think kids just feel that pressure from outside to, you know, leave and go join the development academy team or go and go and join a pre-academy team at a young age to have that opportunity of of doing that. And I don't know that it's so much their choice as it is their parents' choice. Yeah, I, I would agree with that 100%. I mean, coaching
1: youth youth soccer now, you see it all the time. You know, you're getting pressure from um, what's put up on social media or mm-hmm. what's out there in general. This team is, is better than that team record-wise. And meanwhile, I still think, like I said before, I think sports is super important because it allows you to for a completely different social interaction. Something yeah. that, that's fun. And it shouldn't always be pressure to go play on the best team, um, especially especially at an early age. For me, the changing of teams and going to the best teams is happening way too early. Um, yeah. That's my opinion. Like I said, I'm not saying I'm right uh, in any stretch, but in my experiences between myself and between just seeing kids and coaching kids in the environment, I do think, I think there's getting a ton of pressure from going to play on the best team um, at an early age or what is, quote unquote, the best team.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I see the exact same thing here on the West Coast is like um, you just get that, that parental pressure of, oh, no, my kid needs to be in this club because this is going to provide him the best opportunity or this is the team that's going to be the best, um, that's going to have the best record. And because of that, they're going to get seen. Yet we're talking about eight-year-olds and it's like, who are you trying to get seen by? Correct. Exactly. You know, and exactly. people miss out on the point, which is put your player in an environment where they're going to grow to love the game and become intrinsically motivated where you don't have to have them go to practice because they're just going to take the ball and go out and practice on their own because they love it. Correct. And I,
1: and I think that's that's what you want more of. You want kids that just want to do it for fun. You know, that's – you know, we always talk about it, you know, whenever you and I have spoken about it or, or just in yep. general in passing is the countries that tend to be, develop players – are, are ones that aren't structured and yeah and they're just going out and knocking the ball and and, and going in environments where it's like you know them and their couple of their buddies and just and just trying different things that maybe they normally wouldn't try in an environment because they they want to succeed so much but but when you're yep. free about it i think feel like you can be almost be more successful as you get older
0: well yeah i mean i think you see that just in like you know, the success of South American teams, with the success of Brazilian teams. Brazil is kind of the perfect example with the players that grow up in the favelas who like, they don't have a, uh, you know, a field, they play on dirt or in the street barefoot. And these are the players that are the most creative players in the entire world. They understand the work ethic, but they have that creativity and that freedom and the guts to try things. And it's like, it's because they're doing it in such an enjoyable environment and then Um, And and then they're learning at such a such a fast pace, because it's such a small area. And then we have it in this country where it's players that are told exactly how they're supposed to play. And if you don't play in, in this specific position in this specific way, then you're not going to be on the team anymore. And so we end up breeding this entire group of players that um, are just fearful of making a mistake, as opposed to the ones that are just dying to try things and be creative and show their personality in their play.
1: No, I agree hundred percent. You have the kids and that's what it stems from is you're afraid to make a mistake. And then in the end, you, you it's going to be tough to do well in it. Um, and you're not mm-hmm. your own self. You know, you have the kid that keeps checking over the sideline to see if the coach or their mom or dad was yeah. happy with what they did. Um, whereas you want the kid that doesn't couldn't care less. And if I'm going to make a mistake, but I'm going to end up being successful at some point with doing whatever I'm trying. And that's yep. what you want. That's gonna breed a kid that and, and we talk about this all the time. That's it's beyond soccer. I mean, we're oh, yeah. talking specifically soccer here, but that you want the, the, the person in general that's gonna to willing to take a chance and and if it doesn't work out, well I'm gonna figure out how it's gonna work out the next time I do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the message that I think that we want our, our listeners here to understand, the parents that listen to this is that mistakes are good. You know, that that's how you actually learn something. You don't wanna have this path that somebody else has written up for you you don't want your kid to never have to uh like have any kind of failure because they won't know how to deal with it when it inevitably will come thousand
1: percent. i couldn't agree with you more i mean and it happened after i go from that to that from my own personal experience after going from that that team when i was 10 years old and we're sitting there and and i'm you know i'm I'm still one of the better players at that time I, i try out for odp um which obviously was bigger back then than it is now um yeah but with ODP, I make the state team. I make it for four years in a row, starting, um, you know, up in from 12 all the way to, like, 16 years old. Um, yep. And I make the state team. And then all of a sudden now, almost make the regional – almost make the regional pool. Of that rider ID camp, yeah. don't make it. And then all of a sudden, I come in um, the following year, new state coach, and he cuts me. Oof. Four Talk year- to me about
0: that. What was your mindset yeah. with that happening? four
1: years – you know, you, you think okay, not taking anything for granted. I, I, you know, you work, you you enjoy it. But you know, it's it's one. You know how the ODP was at that time, super competitive. Yeah. Um, you get nervous, but it's good nerves, right? Because it makes you a better player and it makes you focused more. And you yep. go down to tryouts, you feel like you were the bet one of the better players, and all of a sudden you get cut, and it was devastating. I mean, I still I still remember this day after all I've been through with soccer, in the bathroom, you know, upset about it. Um, my mom, my dad kind of saying, listen, we thought you did really well. We watched a tryout, but every coach has their, what they're looking for soccer specifically is super subjective. Um, Yep. We can sit here and say, yeah, we thought you should have made it, but that's not our decision. We didn't make it. So you can do one of two things. And this is me then telling me when I'm 16 years old, say, listen, you can either be upset about it and, and, and not want to do it and, and let that control you, or you can use it as motivation and, Try to make get better at what you think the little things are that you didn't do well enough, or continue to work on your game. Go play with your club team and and try different things and become a better player that way and and get through it. Um, and you're gonna have to choose. You know, you're old enough now at that age. You know that you need yeah. to make that decision yourself. Um, and it was tough. I mean, it's tough. You know, all your friends that you've become friends with throughout the course of the state, all pretty much fall yeah. back except for you. <laughs> and and I'm like you know, that along the social piece with getting caught mm-hmm. along with the fact, the ego check, right. I mean, the fact that, you know, totally you go from starting now to not even making the top 20. Um, yeah, yeah. it was difficult. And there was, I, I won't lie. There was a few weeks of, of time where I was questioning whether should I even go back and try
0: out again, or is this even worth it at this point? You know, I, well, yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit though. Cause I think that's important for people to hear is like, you know, y- yes, you were successful at the state level and, and, you know you're on this path, and all of a sudden the path gets completely rocked, and you have that decision to make. And what was, like I said, what were what were you thinking? What was the what was the hardest part? And what was the thing that made you decide? No, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, you know
1: it's it's like I said, it's tough. It's twofold. You know, honestly, it's 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 part of it is the ego check. You know, and 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 that is like wow you know, maybe, you know, rocked your confidence a little bit. Maybe you're not as good as you would think you were, or maybe you're yeah. not as the player that people thought you were or, or people that were telling you are. You, you know, you're one of your best players in your club team and you're you know, you're top yep. eleven in your state team for four years. But maybe, you know, maybe this isn't for you. You know, as a 15, 16 year old kid, that's where you that's where your mind goes. Um, and it was tough. And then you still playing the other just I'm still playing the other sports, so I'm still playing baseball. So now yep. it's like you know, do I give soccer up for baseball? And, and the more I thought about it, honestly, it was... And, and you know me. You know, we've been friends forever. But I am yeah. stubborn. And I would... Even at that age. <laughs> and I am... I was not in a million years giving up on what I thought I happen to be really good at. And and not yeah. only good at, I what I actually love to do. You know, I love baseball. Yeah. Baseball is my first love. I've always said that. Still say that to this day. But having... Success in soccer at a young age and growing in the sport, I be, I've loved it even more and more. And my growth for the sport has become great And yeah. in terms of how much I love it. And at that point, 16 years old, I'm saying to myself, you know what? I'm just going to prove this guy wrong. That's exactly what I'm going to yeah. do. I'm going to prove this guy wrong. Um, and I'm going to try out again next year. Um, and when I try out again next year, I'm not going to be a top 11 kid. I'm going to be the best kid. So he, uh, It's going to be hard for him to cut me. I'm not going to be a yeah. kid that just skates by. Um, and it's funny. So, we talk about how people always meet in different ways. Um, so, I went to Catholic high school, uh, St. John the Baptist, and the coach of the state team, the guy who cut me, yeah. we end up playing him that fall in the state semifinals of the Catholic League. <laughs> and Kel, you you couldn't imagine the how motivating <laughs> that is for me.
0: Oh god for sure. So,
1: you know, i the whole week prior to I'm just like I can't I, this game is circled on my calendar the entire week. I'm ready to roll. Um, and we go, and we go out and I'm almost have to keep my emotions in check. Um or yeah. you got to check yourself a little bit and we beat them 3-1. Scored three goals. Um And uh, had a hat trick in the game. And we we advanced to the finals. And uh, yeah, and honestly, and and it was something where I knew it. Like, I knew for me I was good enough to make that ODP team. But that situation there kind of almost stamped it and almost proved it to him in a sense of, or at least I felt that. Now, I'm sure the guy couldn't care less or didn't even know, you know, one way or the other who I was. But for me that gave me much more confidence as I went forward, um, in the situation. Yeah. Um, but the, but, but it was difficult throughout the course of the, the process of, you know, when you get cut, can you find a situation where something to motivate you? Okay. Um, and I yeah. do think going back to what we said before is I do think failure is important. I think failure is important in, a, in growth of an athlete. I think fa- failure is important in growth of a person. Um, yeah, it kind of checks your character. Uh, it, it's a character check in terms of who you really are. You know, it's easy to go along with things or do things when you're having a lot of success. Um, when you don't have success, you know, um, what exactly uh, are you going to do? Are you going to fight through it? Um, or are you going to give up on it? And I just couldn't, I was, it motivated me even more um, to a point where I wasn't giving up on it.
0: Now, I, I mean, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, I think, such an important lesson in what you talk about there, you know, It's was like, do, you, would you have gone, had you had made that state team, would you have gone and scored that hat trick in that game? If you had still made the team, you know, and that's, that's kind of the question is like at every, and every athlete's uh, career, they have, they're going to experience some sort of failure. Right. And it's just, how do you, how do you translate that? And clearly it, it worked for you where it motivated you and, um, and I think that that's, that's what I want like the listeners to kind of take from this is that that's part of the role that failure mm-hmm. plays in life is you have to make that choice of, I'm either going to give up or I'm going to get motivated. And, and as you said earlier, and I've had coaches say the same thing to me too, is make that coach not have a choice. They right. have to take you because you're just far and away so much better. And, and it's just, I, I love that story of, you know how motivated you were, you come out, you score three goals in the game. He has no choice now to then, then to choose you. Correct? Right. I, you would think, you know,
1: and then, and the following, you ended up making it, but I do think that, um, honestly, even though that, you know, time, cause as a, as a 39 year old man, now thinking back to when I was 15, 16 years old, you still don't, you still remember exactly where you were when you got the letter, when yeah. you got cut and, that's that's motivation. That I think is important. And that's why you almost as much as I was annoyed with the guy and the coach at that time, you almost thank him now, because I do think it kind of yeah. made you it made me who I am in terms of fighting through a little bit of adversity um, and fighting yep. through a challenge that maybe I didn't expect. You know, I, I the expectation was oh, I made it for four years. I'm going to make it again. And this is a gut choice. And you know to remember it as clear as i do now obviously it was an important piece an important step in me in myself as an athlete as myself as a person in terms of fighting through some adversity some challenges that maybe i didn't see coming or maybe i didn't want to have to ever have to deal with but i did now and I mean, I admit, yeah. uh, honestly. I remember when I'm trying, when I'm practicing in the summer after I found out I got cut, and I'm working out on my own, and I'm working that much harder, just thinking about how did I feel in that one moment I got that letter that I got cut, you know? And and that yeah. anything you when when you, my opinion is when you deal with failure, turn it into some sort of motivation. Can you get it to a point yeah. where? This makes you better in something. Failure is that that's the purpose of failure is not to bring you down to just say, listen, work at something a little bit harder. Let it motivate you and see where the end result is.
0: Yeah, I, I think the exact same thing. And, and I think it's, you know, what can you learn from the failure? And so, like, you know, in, in your case, and I've had similar, uh, almost exactly the same experiences myself it's well i learned that maybe i'm not as good as i thought i was or maybe i have to train this much harder or maybe i have to like focus this much more and so it's what can you learn from that failure and then how do you adapt uh to be able to overcome that i, th- I think i think that's the
1: biggest thing the adaption piece is important you know because it's easier it's easy if people listen to this and say oh well you know i, I could do that but when you're actually going through it um, there's going to be bumps yeah. along the road. Some are going to be easier than others, but you know, um, it's how you're going to be adjusting to the course that's now laid out in front of you.
0: Yeah. Well, so let's go to, um, you know, ne- the next year's state trial. How did that go? It was good. Con- obviously, you know,
1: I, I was relatively confident going in, but you're, but you're, but you're nervous because obviously now you have something to prove, um, the, yep. the crazy part about the whole thing is that coach, the, the, year, the guy that cut me, ended up not coming back. Um, and usually in the, ODP we, okay. in the ODP program, they keep the coach for two years. For whatever reason, I can't remember back to, he did not come back. So uh, now it brings on a completely different motivation, right? Because now you thought you've proven out to this guy after playing him in a more private setting in the champ- state championship or semifinal that yeah you know he's already seen you now right? and and maybe it's helped the cause but now that's out the window because it's a new coach so now you have to re almost reprove yourself yeah um and and that and that's that and that was challenging as well um fortunate enough obviously uh to that point i made it um and then found that year i made the regional pool uh and the regional team and and, uh, and then that's, you know, that was the end of that whole entire scenario. That was probably, I think that was my junior year going into senior year in high school. So, um, nerves are going through that, but I think at the same time, when you go into that trial, you feel like you have prepared maybe even more so than I did years before because of that uncertainty.
0: Yeah. 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 So, I mean, so let's, let's go back into kind of like. How was your – you, I mean, do you think that you ended up getting recruited to college because of your state team experience, or was it your club team? Um, you know what's funny those? is
1: because nowadays it's not even looked upon this. I think it's a combination of high school. At that point, high school, boys still actually play high school. Um, so it's um, – <laughs> Yeah. I think that was part of it. Uh, but I think it was all three. I think high school, ODP, and a little bit of club all helped the cause. Probably ODP and high school the most. I think the club teams at that point were not as prevalent as they are now um in terms of the recruiting process mm-hmm. um because mm-hmm. i ended up going to syracuse where um our regional coach was coaching so um there was okay. a connection there
0: so um so at what point you know in this in this whole experience did you start to realize that wait a minute this could be a, an avenue to college soccer yeah, you know what? It's funny is is you. So
1: our our high school team was very good. Uh, has a huge tradition in terms of putting guys in professional leagues and in and a lot of kids in college um, mm-hmm. at St. John the Baptist on Long Island. But um, at that point, because you're around so many good players, you really don't even start thinking about it. it's about you. Um, you just appreciate the fact that of the tradition yeah. that you're in, and and it's kind of where I was. Um, but I would say probably, you know, my junior year. Um, recruiting started to happen a little bit more um and uh started to get heavy going into the beginning like end of junior year senior year and i guess when you go to these tournaments and between that and the regional team you start getting letters you know back then it was letters now it's emails but back then you remember us it was like uh handwritten letters were yeah. really impressive words <laughs> exactly. handwritten letters man you appreciate yeah. those but um i would say when 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 coaches start to reach out, that's when I felt like, wow, this could be something that I actually could be able to do um, and and go play in college, especially now baseball's taking a backseat. You know, that's over with. So now my full concentration was at soccer my last two years in high school. And and that's probably where the recruiting started the most. Um, And then I was fortunate enough to have, you know, up to, you know, 15 to 20, you know, some sort of scholarship offers um, to go to school. And, yeah. um, and I think, uh, you know, that's where it went, you know, but at the same time as I had offers is I'll never forget. I was actually telling my wife this last night, we happened to be talking about it. I got a, uh, a written letter. I always wanted to go to Notre Dame. You know, that's the big school. Every kid wants to go to when they're younger, yeah. Right. Um, sure. and sure. I write him a letter and I never forget. I have framed, my dad framed it for me. The letter back was where we don't. Some to the effect of, we don't plan on recruiting you. We don't even feel like you'd be a walk-on for us. Like, it was very, oh, wow. it was very blunt, which obviously at that, looking back, I appreciate it because at not you're not stringing, them al- stringing me along, but at the same time, yeah, it was like, oh, that was another gut check. And it was like, wow, like, I mean, yeah. I'm getting recruited by a lot of these schools and then I can't even get a sniff at a school I really want to go to. Um... And yeah, yeah, and that was, and that was that. So then kind of, it, it, it was, again, a very interesting kind of um, event that happened throughout the recruiting process.
0: So what was it eventually that made you go to
1: Syracuse? Uh, I narrowed it down to five different schools. Uh, Syracuse at that point was not really a top, a top 10 school. Uh, They were probably more like a top 30 or 40 school. Um, a couple yeah. other schools I got recruited yeah. by were all top 10 schools. St. John's was being one of, one of them, um, South Carolina, schools like that. Yeah. So um, Syracuse at that time, honestly, I had a relationship with the coach I had said before from the regional team. Um, and a good friend of mine, yeah. um, Kevin was a, uh went to high school with me. He was uh, two years older than myself. So he had just committed there a year prior. Um, so uh-huh. having him there, going up, seeing the campus, I love the campus. Um, the campus in general was great in terms of, um, not too big, not too small. Uh, it was not, and the, I guess the yep. biggest, the biggest advantage they had at that point, because again, we're 17 year old kids trying to make this decision, um, yeah. that really is a, a big decision yeah. for 17 year old kids to make, um, because there's so many variables to it, um, is it was closer to home. It was four-and-a-half-hour drive. I wanted my family to come and see me play. Um, I wanted that that uh-huh. avenue, um, but I still wanted to get away. St. John's offered that, and they were obviously a much better soccer program at that time. But it was almost yeah. like too close, and I didn't love the campus environment. So sure. Syracuse offered it, whereas South Carolina, which was also very high on my list, that's a flight. And when you start flying places, obviously it changes if your parents can come and see you. So being close with my family uh, was was important in terms of them coming to see me play. That's how I grew up. That's what I knew. Um, So Syracuse was the right fit for me at that time.
0: So let's let's go into – all right, you've now – you've committed to Syracuse. You go in. um, You step into your first day of preseason, and you're just this recruit – right, going into this program that's an established program, good team, uh, all these players that have already been there. What was your mindset going into your first day of Yeah, training? it's crazy
1: because if, if people are listening that have uh, kids that have played soccer or have never have, you know, that first day is difficult. The first, you know, usually your first uh, outing out on the field is some sort of fitness conditioning. And my mindset, when ours was three miles in 18 minutes. So my mindset was, yep. I'm going to do anything I can to turn somebody's head in terms of me being really fit. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to come in and work harder than everyone else. Because in my, the way I grew up, the way I've been taught from my mom, from my dad is your work ethic, you need no skill for that. You can work hard as you can work as hard as anybody else, or work harder than anybody else. You do not need any skill set for that. So my mindset was: listen, I'm coming into a program like you just said that's established that has some really good players from all over the country, all over the the, the Northeast, North America. Um, I'm to a point where I have to outwork them right now, and you know, show yeah. them i as fit as possible. And then when the balls come out, hopefully, I, hopefully, I'm as good as they are. Um, and I go in, and 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 fortunate enough for me, my, my I was able to run, you know, the the three miles in in in, in sub seventeen, um, and I think it kind of opened some the coach's eyes. Like, listen, he's obviously taking this serious. He's conditioned himself in the summer, coming into the season, um, and and away he goes.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean, so let's let's then take that into preseason, and then. At that moment, do you did you what did you? So say like, you come in, in right and, and
1: and like you just said, like the thing is, is you come in and you're on. A, if you, if you're fortunate enough to be on a scholarship, um, you're like, oh, I'm on a scholarship. But then you realize there's a lot of other kids on scholarships, and yeah. you're not gonna be guaranteed yeah. anything. You have to go work for what you're gonna get. Um, and I think they looked at me as, as coming in and maybe giving some minutes. Um, you know, we went out. Uh, to California, um, actually f- to play UCLA and um, uh, I forget who the second team was and and that's when actually Ziggy was still coaching at UCLA, um, and they have Hartman and yep. and uh not maybe not Hartman maybe it was Raimondo at that time, um, and they had some you know Sasha was there they had some really big guys and we go out there and it's kind of odd you know it's like I'm in awe of this whole entire thing and preseason. I'm battling and battling kind of knocks you down a peg because you're like things that worked when you were in high school aren't working so easily here um and then now you go back into that environment traveling your first road trip and you know I was a kid that just came in off the bench you know my first you know first game I coming off the bench 20 minutes in um and and then after that I kind of was fortunate enough to play well and kind of got a starting spot a game or two into my to my freshman year and and that was and that was kind of uh, mm-hmm. that in that sense I was fortunate. But your mindset is just to kind of take it day by day. You know, can you be um, a little bit better than you were the day before? Um, and that's that's kind of where you where you hope you are. And then eventually, hopefully, that leads into more playing time and more minutes. And and fortunate for me, it did.
0: So what was then? If you look at your college career as a whole, what do you think was the, um, the hardest part about going to – um, I think there? the biggest change going
1: from, from where I was to that is, is twofold. I think it's – one is speed of play. You know, every level you, every level you jump, um, and you yeah. know this, every level you jump, uh, the speed of play gets higher. Um, less mistakes, um, and you're going to get caught on your mistakes, and the speed of play is much quicker. Um, you have mm-hmm. less time on the ball less time to make decisions and, and you have to think the game quicker and you have to play a little bit quicker. Um, so I would say that soccer wise was the biggest uh, adjustment um, that I had to make going from playing on a, in a high school in Long Island to now jumping and playing in the big East um, against teams that, you know, are at a pretty high level. Um, yeah. The second thing is, is I dealt with a ton of injuries at school, ton of, ton of injuries. Um, you know, I went into yeah. school hurt. Um, uh, I missed a year cause I got hurt. So there was a injuries uh, play a play a huge part in terms of, um, you know
0: how how my career went. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because you know these days we see a lot of injuries in youth players, um, you know whether it be because of overuse of, uh, or or what it, what might be. Um, how did you how did you mentally deal with that? Like when you got when you would get injured or even let's just talk about it in the sense of going. Yeah. It's tough because when I, so we
1: went on a regional trip early August, uh, right before we were supposed to be in preseason by August 15th, I think that year. And we got back. Um, I got back from Germany with the regional team on like August 13th, flew into JFK. Um, I was hurt pretty much most of the regional trip. So I went up there and, um, basically with like, a. uh, I needed reconstruction on my ankle. Now, I didn't know that at that time. I didn't do it till after the season. But um, mentally, you're kind of like, where am mm-hmm. I going to be? And that's kind of what I was speaking to before was I had to push myself through that fitness, even though I was in a ton of pain, because I needed to prove that, you know, I'm hurting, but I'm not going to let this, you know, hold me back a little bit in terms of, you know, not showing what you gave me. And, I, and the way I looked at it and go entering college, Kel, honestly, is – they gave me a scholarship and I wanted to show them I'm worth what they gave me. And that.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's, no, and that, that's that, of, that helped
1: me with the injury piece as well. You know, you know, you get hurt and you're out for a bit, it, it, it can play mind games on you. And you start to think like, you know, you know, am I falling totally. behind? Am I really going to be able to do this? Um, I'm going to get catch up fitness wise. And I think, you know, I remember calling my dad like late at night when I'm, you know, sitting and struggling and my ankles all swollen and, and it's sitting sit all he would tell me is, "Listen, all you can do right yeah. now, day by day, you know, do what they're talking to you about in terms of, you know, physical therapy and, and taking care of it. When you get on the field, you give your yeah. best effort. That's all. Nobody's gonna knock you for your for giving yep. your, your your best effort, and and hopefully the soccer skill part follows suit. Um, but um, it, it can definitely play yeah. mind games. I think you, I think the biggest advice I can give to anybody is, day by day, and and try to just kind of." you know, understand that you can get through it eventually. Uh, maybe not, it might be ideal, but eventually you'll get back to where you need to be.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely correct. And like, so important, you know, having dealt with plenty of injuries in my career. And like I said, every, every player uh, kind of goes through their spell with injuries. You know, sometimes it's, you get so depressed and bummed. And then sometimes it turns right back into that motivation of, you know, all right, I'm going to, you know, I can't, I can't go Correct. run, but I'm going to go do the bike for, you know, 90 minutes a day, just like I'm playing a game and I'm going to push it through the intervals of it. And, you know, I'm going to do the ice bath and I'm going to do the massage and I'm going to do all the things that I needed to do to get me back to that, that place on the field. And then, yeah. And then and I think the, same, the mindset
1: better. there also you know. is, and then when you get back putting the work in after, after <clears throat> everybody else is trained to can kind of help you catch up quicker. Right. So you come back off the injury and you're doing all yep. that stuff in the PT room and you're doing all that stuff to stay back on the field. But now you get back yep. and you feel like you're there, but everyone else is still a little bit ahead of you. So now when practice ends, I remember myself staying 30 minutes after training on my own, you know, specifically working on things I know I need yeah. to get to or other guys already did that I need to catch up on and putting extra effort in and extra. If you want it, if, it, if this is a desire that you have, then put in the effort that's necessary and needed.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really good message right there, what you said, because nothing's going to be handed to you just because you're back from injury. doesn't mean that you're going to get that starting spot back. doesn't mean you're going to be that star again. You know, it doesn't mean that what you saw before is going to happen again. So you have to put in that extra effort. You have to earn every single thing that you want, you know, and again, bringing it back to kind of today's times where things that I've seen from working in the world of youth soccer uh, over the last decade or so, um, people think that things are just a given and, and that's just wrong. And the message we need to be teaching our children is if you want something, you have to do something, you have to work hard for it. And there's a lot of other people that want that too. And so you have to outwork them. You have to be more dedicated than them. If you want that opportunity to achieve more. I mean, I have a
1: six year old and and with who you obviously, you know, but I, we talk about that even now, just in in terms of not pressure on him, just so his mindset is there. Like, My dad told me one thing I'll never forget, how hard you work when nobody's watching. And what he means by that is when you go and work out in your backyard, you go out to the field by yourself and there's nobody around to motivate you, to push you. Your coach is not there. My dad's not there. My mom's not there. The people are watching the games are not there. How hard are you working? You should be hard working as as hard, if not harder in those moments than when you actually get to the game, because that's what's going to make you better. You know, that's that's something that I've that I've always taken with me um, because I think that it's it's such an important message is self-motivation gets us to be successful in anything we do. That could be your everyday life in terms of whatever you are fortunate enough to do, whether it's teaching or coaching or, you know, or in the game of a sport where it's baseball, soccer, basketball, you know, working on your own yourself is important
0: yep yep i mean so let's let's bring this back to to you you at syracuse you've had a great career at syracuse um at at what point do you realize that professional soccer might actually be (laughs) you're you're gonna laugh i don't ever thought i don't think i ever did
1: (laughs) i i i swear i swear (laughs) to you i never i never thought it would be um i i always you, you think about it at that time you know you, we lived at the same basically grew up in the same atmosphere in the same environment is at that time the league has 10 teams in it and and you know i never thought europe would be an option for me so even though maybe i i wanted it i just never thought it would be an option you know and and maybe it's my fault for not dreaming big enough um but um i guess i would say early on my my probably my i got hurt my actual junior year so my my set my red shirt year of my my second quote-unquote junior year a buddy of mine my roommate he was talking he's like i think you're gonna be able to go pro and i and he he would always bust my chops and i'm like dude you're crazy he's like i'm telling you he's like honestly we're sitting there watching a game and he's like i think you can go pro and i'm like do you know how many kids guys are trying to go pro and there's (laughs) 10 teams in the league (laughs) yeah i'm like there's the numbers are so low and he's like no i think you can do this and i'm like i don't know we'll see whatever and I didn't think anything of it. And the following year had had a pretty good year, um, and then I was fortunate enough to get called into that MLS combine. And um, and I'll be honest with you, I got help from two people: Dean Fodi, who was my Syracuse coach, and Dave Mazer, who was the St. John's coach. Um, and that's yeah. a guy who I actually said no to to go to yeah. school there um, twice, my as a as a senior in high school, and then I was transferred out of Syracuse my second year, and mm-hmm. um, I I pretty much accepted a scholarship from him, from them to transfer to St. John's verbally, and then I went back on it the next day um, yep. and stayed at Syracuse. And even after all of that, he still helped me get into that MLS combine, which I think was a huge piece, obviously, for me to make the next step.
0: Well, yeah, so talk about that combine then. Like, you go right. there, and, and you're questioning your own ability at that point. And, yeah, the, and that, you go that there was probably and what, the most nerve-wracking it? time. What was that, that experience?
1: Because um, you go to an environment. I'm, I'm a kid that's not a huge fan of change. Um, I'm going out to, you know, at that point, it was at what was called at that time the Home Depot Center. Um, yeah. And they and they house us, and they put us up in hotels. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're playing um, with random guys. You don't know anybody. And it's just like showcase yourself. And, you know, the thought process yep. when you're a young kid or even in high school or college is, you know, you go to a tryout, you have to worry about you. You know, go dominate the ball, get on the ball, do whatever you can um, and, and, and stick out. And yep. I was always taught, like, just play your game, you know, play the game correctly. And then people that respect the game and know the game yep. will see what you're bringing to the game. And I went into the, to the combine and yeah, fortunate enough for me, one of the other coaches that recruited me was Mark Burson, who was the coach at South Carolina for a long time. He actually was a combine coach and he was a combine coach of my team. So mm-hmm. I did have a prior relationship with him, which did help kind of, he made it, gave me that little bit of a comfort zone um, sure. that I could talk to him. Cause you build, you know, you get recruited, yeah, you build totally. a relationship with a lot of these coaches in the end, whether you say yes or no to their school they still you still build a relationship with them over the months that they recruited you. So the trial was tough. Was, yeah. You know, we played for four days, did different things, um and you don't know how it went. You don't know how it goes. You just leave and you hope that you did well. You know, you're trying yeah. to get you have no idea. So then, you know, it's a week exactly, or two yeah. it actually it was probably a few weeks before the um before the draft itself. Um and then like like I said, fortunately enough for me um, you know, I get drafted by LA um, with the uh, fourth to last pick in the entire draft. But man,
0: what a, what a uh, experience dude, though to honestly, hear your name and,
1: and you you know that feeling. And it's funny because nowadays, obviously, it's much bigger than it was than it is than it was then. Um, but then I'll never forget, dude. Yeah. I, me and like five or ten of my buddies are at school. Um and we're hovered around the computer because it's only, it's all it's only on the computer at that point, <laughs> and it's and it's going in and That's out. It's exactly you know, what my too. Yeah. You can barely hear and you know and, and all this yep. stuff and and Cal, I swear to you, this is I literally probably when the draft started in the first round, I probably had like thirty guys in, in my dorm room, and yeah. I didn't get taken to like at that it was a sixth, it yeah. was a fifty fourth pick, oh no, fifty sixth or fifty fourth pick out of sixty, and. Um. by that pick nobody yeah. was left in my door <laughs> nobody stayed around and I don't even I, I'll tell you this yeah. I wasn't even in the room when it got called I had the volume up I went in I left the room for a second to get something to drink or eat or whatever and I hear my name and, and I almost was like in shock <laughs> because they, at that point they're running through it quick because they want end to the, end it and, uh, I could not believe yeah. it. I, yeah. you know, obviously that night you go out with your friends, you enjoy it, you celebrate it a little bit. Um, you know, and then you get a call. I got a call later the next day, yeah. um, about how the whole process was going to work and you're flying out. And then my mindset, honestly, after getting excited for the one day was right to like, I got to get to work. Like I got to start working out. I got to start getting shape. I was leaving like three weeks yeah. later for preseason. Um, and it's a, it's a whirlwind. It's very, very quick. Yep.
0: So, yeah, like at that point now, you know, getting drafted yeah. is one thing. And, and, yeah. And they don't you tell you that, by the way, contract. because in the end,
1: you're thinking, right. you know, the, the thought process, you get drafted and, oh, I'm in the league. I'm on the team. You know, in, in, in most sports, that's the case, not in ours. I'm obviously. on the team. Yeah, exactly. And especially not then when there were only 10 teams in the league. Um, and, and, like I said, I'm, I'm you know, LA that yeah. year had, um, I want to say 10 or 12 picks. I was their last pick. So now not only am I trying to get yeah. guys in that are, they're bringing yeah. in from all over and they've had in for previous years, but now you're trying to beat out, you know, I think of those 10 picks, three of which were signed already um, prior to. So they had contracts. So now I'm trying to beat out seven guys. Yeah. Um, and that that was difficult. That whole process was difficult. Not just the tryouts you're playing against the best of the best, but you're now have to go cross country. You know, fly, leave everyone at home, which, again, I was yep. excited about doing. L.A. was a great, obviously, city and a great team to get drafted by. Um, but it's very nerve wracking. And you go back into that mindset, you know, um, oh, am I good enough to play? Well, OK, I got drafted, but now I have to go prove myself again. And a lot of kids struggle with that when you have to continuously improve yeah. yourself. Um, and I think that is difficult for, for people to yeah. do. Um, when it has to look constantly, you have to always kind of prove yourself to somebody else. But I just kind of put my head down and went in the same mindset as when I went to college. That we opened up with a beep test, a uh, pacer test, whatever you want to call it, and I felt like I need to make a good first impression. And, yep. and I came in, I think, second or third in that in that pacer or beep test. Um, and that that myself, whether it rec- anybody else recognized it, myself, it gave me confidence. Um, and, and that's what, listen, I, the one thing I, I learned totally. from playing a few years professionally and, and i didn't play a ton but the but the one thing i did learn is confidence is a very it's it, it's the biggest difference between you know the top 10 percent in the league in any league is the top 10 percent but yeah. the other 90 percent is separated by who's more confident yeah. in my eyes who has more ability is yeah. it's all who's close, feeling better? but it's the confidence yeah. piece it goes back to what you said earlier in the podcast it's is, so close you yeah. know is it that kid that's looking over the shoulder, worrying about it, or is it that kid that doesn't care? He's, it, you know, and that's the same thought process when you go play if you're fortunate enough to get a chance playing at the highest level. You know, are you worried about what you know? In my time, is or am I worried about what yeah. he's looking at, or am I just going to be me, and then hopefully it's good enough? You know.
0: So yeah in in that in that preseason, then, um, you know, again we'll go back to that moment of like, when did you when did you realize that. Man, you can do this. You you can you can play at this level. And um, yeah, and I, th- what was I it think like um, I that think that at that you know?
1: point you go through it, and and it's kind of like Survivor, like the show Survivor, whereas we have with the the ten guys are staying, you know, in one of the yeah. guys who signed a contract's apartment, and like we're sleeping on the in a in a beanbag or sleeping on a uh, sleeping bag, and we're getting picked off, like you know, okay, you know, you have to leave. Yeah. We're not taking you. Blah blah. blah. Next thing. <laughs> so after like one or two or three guys get released. Now I'm thinking, all right, maybe I have a shot here. You know, I feel like I'm doing pretty well soccer-wise. I'm holding my own. You know, maybe I have a shot yeah. here. But then you never know because they, maybe they, they release everybody and they're bringing guys from outside. Um, but I would say um, I felt yeah. more and more – the more I played, the more confident I got. Um, whether it was some of my teammates giving me some, you know, um, mm-hmm. pumping me up a little bit in terms of giving me some confidence. I think that helps improving guys. Um, and then that just kind of helps yep. you, you, you as you go through the process. Um, but uh, and then and then, like you said, to get offered the final contract and actually before the final contract, I'll never forget the day before I got offered the contract, we played in a mini tournament and I turn and I go in on goals like seven on sevens, like a fun day. And um, a good friend of mine who on the team, Kevin Hart, yeah. keeper at that time, he comes out and he takes me out and like stitches across my shin, him and I both have to go to the hospital to get stitches. Um, and at this point, I'm not, I'm not on the team yet. So I'm thinking to myself, doc, you got to stitch me up and get me back. Yeah. You know, like, and, and Ziggy at the time had said like the next yeah. day or two, we're going to announce the roster and blah, blah, blah. And the day after the seven on seven, we were going full field in the stadium. And now I have stitches and I can't play. Yep. So now my mindset is, like, I'm sitting in the stands with Kevin Hartman, and he's, like, a, at that point a 10-year vet, and he's one of the best keepers in the league and, you know, exactly, superstar in the league and, you know, pillar of the league. And I'm sitting there, like, dude, I'm a small kid from Syracuse. Lucky I even got out of here. And now I'm sitting in the stands. It's cool sitting with you. I'm honored. (laughs) But, like, I don't know what's going on I know I can't even I can't even earn anything right now. Like, like I need to make this team, team, man. <laughs> and the game ends, and I walk down. We're yeah. sitting in, like him and I are sitting in like the thirtieth row of fifty yard line, and we walk down onto the field after the game's over. And Ziggy grabs me and he's like, um, he's like, "How you feeling?" And I said, "Listen, I said obviously, you know, I'm fine." I said, "I'm a little disappointed, obviously, I couldn't play today." And he's like, "No, I understand completely. Obviously, it's exciting to play in this stadium." He's like. He's like, but listen, he's like, uh, I think you've done well this preseason, and we would like to offer you a roster spot. Um, and, dude, it was – I mean, they, they could offer me $10 or a million dollars, and it would all have been the same. Just, just to hear them say, like, we're going to offer you a spot. Yeah, totally. It's almost like something that you've dreamed of, but not really. You know, like you've, you've kind of always said, oh, I would like to go play pro, but never thought it was yeah. actually going to happen. And then to hear that was, was yeah, but now just, it's a reality. I, you can't put it into words. Um, yeah. And then the, the 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 second best thing was to call and you know obviously yeah. tell your parents about it and and that um, you're getting the opportunity to now you know live out your, something you've worked so hard for for so long. So
0: yeah, yeah. So so let's talk about that then a little like yep. um Now you've made you've made the squad and.
1: So I go in and I speak to the general general
0: manager um, after Ziggy
1: tells me, you know, they're going to, you know, put me on the team. And this general manager goes, um, all right, you know, congratulations. I said, oh, thanks so much. Um, He goes, do you have an agent? I said, an agent? I laughed. I said, yeah, my dad will be my agent. That's fine. And uh, my dad calls, it's a funny story. My dad calls up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, okay. He's like, Mr. Alisi, congratulations, blah, 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 whatever. He said, thank you. He said, okay. My dad goes, all right, so what about contract-wise? He's like, well, here's the contract. And my dad goes, all right, well, you know, this sounds good. And the GM goes, well, listen, we have 10 other guys we can call back or Chris can take the contract. (laughs) I think my dad was like, all right, where do we sign? (laughs) And then we moved on from it. So there was no negotiation whatsoever. But um, And now, you know how it goes. I mean, you you get into a place where – um. Now you're happy you made it, but now you have to prove your worth. And and you know you're constantly like the low yeah. guy. So at that time in the league, they have those reserve teams, and you're playing on like you know um, during the yeah. week you're playing some games. Maybe you're playing on a Saturday, um, and you're doing whatever you can to prove that that you are not only worthy of being on the team, but you're worthy of maybe getting a little bit more playing time than, than maybe even somebody thought you would get. And it's just a constant grind, you know, doing the extra work. Um, You know, I've always been a guy that not for show, not for anything more than listen, I'm going to come and work. And I've done it every year um, that I was playing pro every year before I was playing pro is I put work in after practice. So we do our session and then I would stay out 20, 30 minutes every day um, there. And then 20, 30 extra minutes in the weight room and, and just trying to make sure that I was at my best if I ever got my name called.
0: Yep. Yep. So, what about, tell, tell me about like the yeah, so first time I got minutes in a game yeah, was actually yeah, the first time you got um, minutes in a game
1: against Chicago, against the Chicago Fire. We had a bunch of injuries uh, on the team. Um, my dad, it's a crazy story. My dad actually had not come to see me play for like six months. He randomly was flying out that weekend. Um, he flies out on like the Thursday and uh-huh. that practice, I found out I was starting. So it actually kind of, that was 2004. Year? What year was which, um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. You were, you were there, right, Kel? Yeah. 2004. Okay. That's right. Yeah. We played against yeah. each other. First, my first game. I was, my I first and last fire, Yeah. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> nice I think strategy. that added to it. You know, you find <laughs> out you started, you get to play in your first game because they can't they weren't. I didn't get a lot of time my first year. You know, I played in a small amount of games, um, first team games. But now, but now more importantly, sure. you know, your dad's out there watching you play, and, and live. And I think that adds to it. And um, yeah, I'll never. You know, he he, he took an air a cab from the airport to come and see to come to the practice. We were in training. I couldn't pick him up. He pulls up and. He watches, like, the last 10 minutes of practice, and I think no. I got beat on a play. And I walk over. I haven't seen the guy in six months. And the first – he hugs me, and the first thing he goes is, how could you let that yeah. guy beat you on the sideline? Like, like right away, rips into it, like, is, and, and that kind of put me at ease. <laughs> like, it kind of made me feel a little more comfortable. And then found out later that day I was starting. And, like I said, yeah. we had some injuries. So I stepped in, played center back, um, and um, – you know, luckily, uh, luckily enough, we, we ended up getting a result. We ended up winning three two, um, and uh, it was great. After the game, you know, just being with my dad and and, and try, kind of I was sitting down and just kind of reliving the moment and kind of, you know, all the work that's been put in to get to that point. It was just uh, surreal, almost like it was very, very surreal. You walk out, you know how it is. You walk out onto the field. uh, You know it gets announced. You you do warm ups. You have you know it was one of the first games of the year, so we had a heavy crowd. You know thirty thirty thousand at that point. LA was drawing heavy, so um, you know it was a day game. It was on ESPN too, so it was a nationally televised game. So I had friends were able to watch it. Um, So. you know, a lot of my friends didn't realize it was me because at that point, it was the first time I shaved my head. So, uh, but it was, it was, it was surreal, man. I, I, that's something <laughs> you, you don't forget. Something I'll never, I'll, I'll be able to always remember and take with me.
0: Man. I mean, yeah. So, so let's, let's talk then the next transition there, which was, yeah. Uh, with you, San Jose was, was crazy. Okay, um, was
1: I think that um, the, the, un- I loved L.A. I would have liked to stay in L.A., uh, but things happened for a reason, and that year was a crazy year for us in L.A. Because my my Ziggy were in first place, and L.A. fired Ziggy, and it was shocking to all of us. Um, yeah, your uh, team's in first place in the Western Conference, um, and our coach gets fired. And I think the underlying thing there nobody speaks about was maybe that you know Chivas was coming in the following year. And they um, wanted some sort yes. of avenue to change in terms of bringing more of a, a bilingual coach. Um, so that's when they brought in Samson. And Samson comes in, and now it goes back yeah. to that point. And you have to reprove yourself, um, you know, as you go through it. And then, so now, Yurko finishes up. I get traded. Uh, they signed me again for a year, but then I get traded with a good friend of ours, Alejandro Moreno. Um, up to San Jose and again, you're starting new again. You have to reprove yourself, um, to the coaching staff. You have to reprove yourself to the players that are already on the team. Um, and just go, you know, again, with a group of guys at that point, I didn't know anybody on that team except for So it's, it's a tough transition. Um, yeah. And especially after you were in a comfortable environment in LA where you knew how things were run you had a coach that actually drafted you, um, And, uh, it was tough. Listen, my time in San Jose, again, playing time was not really there, but that was probably those, that that was probably one of my best years. Um, obviously you and I met and you got traded over to from Chicago up to San Jose. And, um, that time we, we've met friends that we keep in touch with now and that are our closest friends. So that, that experience was well worth it. Um, and like I've always said, I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason. So, um, I enjoyed it. And, and, and obviously the transition from us going to Houston, was next, but overall it was great.
0: So, yeah, I mean, that's that kind of the next thing here is we all, we all went to Houston, um, you know, and, and I, I mean, I obviously I know a lot of your experience there is similar to mine as well. Um, is there, is there anything in Houston that kind of really, like really stands out? And then, um, and then I want to hear about like your, your decision and what it was that eventually made yeah, I you think that, like, okay um, the, with walking I mean, away we the We went through
1: the same scenarios in Houston, you and I. You know, you're, you're in the inaugural season. Obviously, yeah. you know, we're moving down there as a franchise, so that makes it much easier um, yep. in terms of, um, you know, making the change. You're not doing it by yourself. Yeah. You're not doing with a guy. You're doing it with, like, 20 other guys so that it helps out. Yeah, we're um, all together. And yeah. that, it was a transition. Um, you know, again, yeah. my playing time was probably less there, so soccer-wise – I don't know if it was the best experience, but you still put your head down, you grind, and, and be ready for the opportunity if you get one. Um, and off the field, I think it was great. We had a great group of guys. Um, yep. Really, yeah, really comfortable to be around. Um, I first, feel like yeah. everybody was themselves. And I think that, that that's not said in a lot of teams. And a lot of that, that's yep. not said usually in a lot of environments you're in. Good way to um, put it. Everybody was comfortable with who they are, and everybody was comfortable with who everybody else was. Um, and nobody. And that team specifically was judged. Um, and I think that's, that's a huge piece to, to building a, a strong climate, um, team yep. climate. I think that's what we had there. Um, you know, even though I didn't play a ton, I still look back at days in San Jose and Houston as my best days um, just because of the friendship you build and, and the experiences you have. Um, yeah. I think it comes down to a point, honestly, you know, I had gotten hurt, um, you know, the beginning of the year Houston, on the transition from San Jose to Houston in the offseason. So I was out for like five months with a um, a broken foot in it, and then an infection. Yeah, correct. Like right, your foot. So I was out to like – metatarsal, right? Yeah. But between that injury and then I had an injury when Samson came into L.A. where I tore my knee um, and the injuries were just kind of adding up and between that and lack of playing time in Houston, I think kind of mm-hmm. made me realize maybe I need to take a step back and – and kind of get into a different environment. And and, and that's why, you know, um, at the end of the Houston season, I think we came to an agreement that maybe I go and play, you know, in the league underneath the MLS for a little bit and see if that maybe kind of gets me back to where I was. Um, and if I'm honest, and, I, and I'm always honest with you as one of my best friends, I would say that I do have a little regret. I do have a little regret stopping as early as I did. Um, and if anybody is listening or anybody is watching this sure. or, or hearing what yeah. I'm talking about, I would say – that do not let things like being unsuccessful dictate time frame, meaning don't let lack of playing time or um, dictate that you should stop doing something. Um, You know, just the motivation I used when I got cut from the ODP team at 16, I almost wish I still had that motivation when I wasn't getting a lot of playing time in Houston and I didn't try to find on and latch on with another MLS team, you know, in 2007. Um, And then I think I let, yep. honestly, I think I let my pride get a little bit in the way and, and didn't want to have to go into another preseason having to try out for a team. You know, I yeah. felt like in my eyes, I was in the league for three years. You know, the great yeah. my playing time wasn't great, but I felt like, you know what? I should be at least in a team. And, yeah. you know, and I let my ego, I think, with whatever that was, get in the way a little bit. Yeah. Um And I think that's where it was. But I think between injuries and maybe a little bit, Regret of stopping when I did kind of gave me the final like. Listen, you're getting a little bit older now financially. At that point, the money wasn't tremendous. Um, you know, I'm to a point now where maybe it's best if I stop.
0: And how how was your mindset when you when you finally made that decision? Was were you? Like, excited about it? Yeah, I or think you, maybe, um, I think I, was in, I, think I might have been different about it. Combination. I think that when I was, was of, it?
1: nervous and indifferent. I think that, you know, you kind of, all you know now yeah. is soccer. You know, you've been playing since you were six years old. Now the decision you make to stop playing, yeah. um, you know, after that one year in the, in the A-League at that time, USL won, um, yeah. you stop playing and now you're never going to do this again. And yeah. I think that the world sometimes goes so fast that you don't yeah. realize the decision you make in the moment. Um, but at the same time, I, it, it kind of, it didn't hit me till probably a little later when I wish it might've hit me a little bit earlier. Um, and, and then by that time, you know, you know how it is, you, you take yeah. off six months a year, you're not getting back to anything because the games change that much more, you know? So, um, but overall, the, as, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Ask for, for a sure. Better, um, experience in terms of specifically, you know, people that you meet within the soccer, you know, climate and environment.
0: Well, man, what a what a crazy and cool story. So I just want to thank you for sharing that with me, with all of our listeners. And uh, I think there's so many good lessons there that people can draw from in their own experiences and, and learn. No, I, a I appreciate you having
1: me on, buddy. Thank so, you. So
0: thank you so much for coming on the show. Sounds good.